0: to the Dive Podcast, presented by Willamette Week, where every Saturday we discuss the biggest news stories of the week with Portland's noisiest newsmakers, savviest culturistas, and some of the best journalists in the game. I'm your host, Brianna Wheeler, and I want to hear from you. So send your questions and comments to me, bwheeler at wweek.com. All right, y'all. Enjoy the show. School buses are doing dry runs. up. Ah down my block. Suddenly, all my targeted ads are sponsored by Crayola. My inbox is bubbling up with echoes of an important message for the parent of, insert child's name here. I can smell textbooks and anxiety in the air. Spooky season looms. Back to school season has arrived! is this not a horror episode? Sorry, my bad. It's Saturday, August 27th, and this is episode 86 of The Dive. This week's cover package is Get In Loser, We're Going Back to School. Inside, you'll find the local teens' breakdown of the best and worst of Portland's area high schools, Sophie Peel's report about David Douglas' new social justice initiative for elementary school kids, And my guest, Rachel Saslau's Guide to Surviving the COVID, your kid will probably bring home at some point, and my contribution a roundup of prominent Portlanders' honorariums to their favorite teachers. My favorite teacher was my mom. She taught elementary school in working class and low income areas of Los Angeles. Sometimes it was rough, but she was crazy committed to her classrooms, so much so that a lot of her former students came to her funeral, and a lot of them were crying a lot more than me. My mother's passion was teaching through art, and after she died, I was organizing the stuff that she brought with her to palliative care. I found that she had left behind a bunch of half-completed pieces of other people's art. And that's because in her final days, she was still teaching. She was teaching the nursing staff at OHSU Cancer Ward how to process trauma by creating mandala art. My point is, going back to school is so much more fraught than it ought to be. But parents, keep this in your pocket. Good teachers, great teachers, they make it worth all the effort. And oh my God, especially considering the crisscrossing pandemics that they're currently dealing with, which my guest, Rachel Saslow, wrote a guide for surviving. We'll discuss Rachel's COVID pro tips in one sec, but first here's a few highlights from this week's edition of Willamette Week. In 2020, Oregon reported, for the first time ever, more deaths than births. And the trend continued in 2021. In-migration from other states is down. Can't imagine why. Populations are declining naturally in counties statewide. I'm not seeing it in the traffic, though. Are you? Is that insensitive? I'm sorry if your grandma died. Can I buy her house? Speaking of decline, Anthony Effinger reports that a DHM survey asked 500 residents their feelings about downtown Portland, and more than half of the respondents had negative impressions, chiefly because of homelessness, but with trash and graffiti following close behind. Respondents also, get this, feel overwhelmingly unsafe in their own neighborhoods. This could be the reason behind Mayor Wheeler's recent reframing of his POV on the homeless crisis, which pivoted from safety for the unhoused to safety from the unhoused. The Soapbox Derby came roaring back to Mount Tabor, and even if you have an understandable aversion to all things school, you should pick up this week's paper just for Chris Neseth's photos of this year's truly iconic art carts. Now, let's catch up with Rachel Saslow about her piece. So, your kid brought home COVID. Um, how are you feeling?
1: I'm feeling great. I'm 100%. We got through it pretty short infections, maybe like three to five days, nothing serious. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm just really grateful to be on the other side of it.
0: Are the kids in a summer program? How did, how did the kid, how did the kids bring COVID into the house?
1: My brother-in-law unintentionally came to the family reunion with COVID. He just kind of like... Felt weird that day,
0: which oh no.
1: And I know. So there were 17 people at the vacation house, and I think 12 of us got it.
0: Oh my god! I
1: mean, it is, it just, and all of us were vaccinated, but I don't think I think only a very small handful had had previous infections. Mm-hmm. So we were sort of just like fresh blood for this thing, <laughs> and we no. all we all got COVID at the family reunion. Um, so my husband actually got it first. Um, luckily we staggered and he got it and I knew I was, we were trying to stay apart, but we knew, I knew I was going down. <laughs> um, then, um, I got it maybe three days later and then I gave it to my middle daughter. So it went husband, me, daughter, and then it really shockingly stopped. My other two kids didn't
0: get it. So five people in the house, three people are positive, two are negative. Um, how young is the youngest? How old is the oldest?
1: Um, so my kids are six, nine, and 11.
0: Oh, so you guys just had to quarantine in the house. You couldn't really, okay, kids, go outside. I'll see you when I see you. you know? No,
1: they're not quite at that age yet. But the other thing is I wanted to be full disclosure with the other families in the neighborhood. Like, mm. I kind of, I didn't want to, like, send my... Even though my 11-year-old was negative and actually remained negative, I sort of just assumed we were all going to get it yeah. slash already had it and just weren't testing positive yet. Yeah. So I also didn't want to send my kids out in the neighborhood, like, free agents. Like, yeah. <laughs> we'll play with your friends. So we tried... So even the people who were negative, we tried to keep close.
0: How about like the necessities, the logistics of the everyday.
1: People know the drill now, by the way, like if you tell, you know, if you tell family or friends that you guys have it, so many people have had infections at this point that people were really, um, really kind about dropping off necessities and offering to grab us groceries.
0: True, yeah, that's a good point, is that we're not new to this anymore. Like everybody's kind of been through it in some regard.
1: I didn't feel so much stigma like there was maybe at the beginning where sure. if you had a covid infection it was maybe like a political it could get political okay. very quickly. <laughs> yeah. You know, now I think people it is much more normalized and so that was really good because I didn't feel embarrassed to tell my friends or family about it and people were just really nice. I literally opened my front door and a neighbor just like dropped off a box of pastries. I mean, it was oh, really no, people were really nice about it
0: that's one, it has brought out a certain, like a measure of community, you know, it's like, I guess, silver lining, oh, it's kind of of gross to say, but um, (laughs) now, what about your experience with the Paxlovid?
1: I just found the medication so helpful, and my husband did not take the medication, he's, I guess, not as comfortable about, as comfortable with pills as I am I just just don't care I'm just like whatever I I called the doctor in the pharmacy immediately upon getting my positive test my husband I don't know if he was trying to be tough or if he just wanted to get through it on his own I have no such qualms um I wanted all the help I could get I I thought that was so helpful. If someone, if you can call your doctor and get it, I think it does require some uh, finessing of the situation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you're under 50 and not immunocompromised, and if you are vaccinated, if, so if you have no mitigating factors that mean you need the Paxlovid, I think doctors might say no. I luckily found a doctor who said yes. And I'm very grateful because it was really amazing because my husband got way sicker than I did, I think. Um, And you could really, you take it twice a day and you can feel about an hour after you take it, you can like feel your body rebound. It's nuts. Also, it makes your mouth taste like metal um, in a really creepy way. I know it's, if you Google like Paxlovid metal mouth. Anyway, but it goes... (laughs) It's, so that's a, it's, it's gross. You get used to it after about 24 hours um, and it goes away completely about 12 hours after your last dose. To me, it honestly felt uh, worth it for oh, yeah, sure. feeling not like I wasn't, you know, cause it is still kind of, I'm really, really glad that we, my whole family went into this fully vaccinated and fully boosted. I mean, the amount of peace of mind that gave us was huge. You yeah. know, it didn't I didn't really feel scared about my well-being ever, which certainly I would have before I was vaccinated. So I think that would be one of the big takeaways from the article is um just make sure you're up to date on your shots, get your vaccine, get your booster because when you get the positive test, it was such a comfort to know like this Probably isn't going to be so gnarly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How soon before the kids were able to reintegrate back into like extracurriculars?
1: Once they were, so only one of my kids got it, but she, we kind of like sent her out into the world once she started testing negative. Mm -hmm. Um, and for school it's five days and you have to be fever free And either and symptoms, even if the symptoms are totally resolved, they have to be like um, markedly improving in order to Mm. go back to school. So the other thing that was so crazy is how, um, how, how little COVID affected a nine year old who is vaccinated and boosted. I mean, she it was just nothing. It wouldn't have even registered as even a cold. Really? Except for she was complaining about a sore throat, these Omicron subvariants came come with a really uh, severe sore throat, mm-hmm. which um, I don't know if the previous waves did, but that was it. Seems like it's sort of a hallmark of the Omicron subvariant. Mm-hmm. Um, are these really severe sore throats? So um, that was the only way we really knew she was gonna, she was getting it. Is she woke up and said she had a sore throat?
0: Uh, was there anything left out of the story?
1: Probably a lot of complaining. <laughs> I'm, I was honestly kind of glad to get it out of the way. Like, it's before school, they didn't have any camps they were signed up for. Mm-hmm. If we had to get it, I guess this was an okay time. Because we're vaccinated and boosted, it didn't feel like a huge deal. And I was glad that William and Week asked me to write about my experience. So hopefully I could pass on some tips <laughs> to the other parents.
0: Um, I'm sure that your complaining would have been, like, so relatable also. (laughs) Okay. Because it's the back-to-school issue, I wanted to ask you if you had a favorite teacher.
1: Oh, yes, I do. Um, I went to Robert Gray Middle School in southwest Portland, and I had an algebra teacher named Sean Dillon. He's still around. We're Facebook friends. Um, I don't think he's teaching anymore, but he was... um, himself just a super entertaining guy he was a purple heart vietnam vet told us a lot of stories um in an age-appropriate way but what actually changed me was he um i never considered myself a good very good at math i was always a writer and on the english track um so i really struggled in math but we were doing quadratic equations and i solved one but it I checked my work and I didn't get the right answer, so I brought it up to his desk and I said, "Mr. Dillon, did I get this right?" And he looked at it and checked it out, and he looked at um, he looked at me and he just said, "I never thought of solving it that way." He was and just really made me feel like I had done something mathematically very impressive, and just that one interaction gave me so much confidence in math moving forward for the rest of my K through 12. So seventh grade, Mr. Dylan Robert Gray.
0: Awesome. Uh, <laughs> those yeah. are the goods. Oh, that's awesome. That's wonderful. big thanks to my guest this week, Rachel Saslav, And thank you for joining me. I hope you'll join me again next week. Until then, bye!